Hey, so excited that you're here. I always say that, but I really mean it. You've got a lot of podcasts to listen to. I am honored that you would spend some time here with me. Today, we're talking about how to tell your story. Do you need to tell your story? How do you tell your story when you worry or fear that it might hurt someone else? Or maybe that it might hurt you, like maybe you fear that it could damage your reputation, tarnish the way people feel about you, or potentially alienate family members. Today, we'll unravel this very complicated subject. Welcome to The Shaleen Show. Shaleen is a New York Times bestselling author, celebrity fitness trainer, and obsessed with helping you live your dream life. Before we dig in, let me say thank you to the review for today, which was submitted by jcat08. She said, rarely do you find a podcast where you can take information away from every single episode and apply it to your life. Shaleen does it in the best way. I look forward to continuing my growth journey with Shaleen. Well, thank you, jcat08. As always, remember to check the show notes because I have a special way I'd like to thank you for writing those reviews. And to everyone who has written reviews lately, thank you. I love you. Now I want to play for you a message I received, which by the way, you can leave a message for me by going to shaleen.com. And there's a little widget on the website that allows you to record a voicemail. And this is the voicemail that really inspired today's conversation. My question for you is this. How do you share the full part of your story, you know, down to the childhood, down to the things that, you know, those traumas, those deep pain points, how do you share those when they kind of directly related to someone very close to you, say a parent, say a loved one, siblings, how do you share those without hurting them, without hitting their pain points? Because a lot of my pain points were the hardest parts of their life. So to bring those up, you know, how do you just not hurt them? while authentically sharing your full story, you know, in a way that others can relate to. Thank you. This is a difficult question to answer because there isn't one singular answer. But the first thing I want to explore with all of you is the questions you need to answer before you even go further and or before you should even consider telling your story, whatever that might be. And the first question you need to ask yourself is, are you ready? Mentally, emotionally, physically, spiritually, have you worked through your story in such a way that you are ready to share it? And here's some things you want to think about when I ask that question. Can you handle the fallout? Have you worked through the trauma? Like, do you understand how it was a blessing? Do you understand perhaps your role if there was one? Do you understand why this happened? Do you understand like all of the other parties and people who were involved? And most importantly, What is the purpose behind sharing your story? If your purpose is to help others, if your purpose is to end a cycle of abuse, if your purpose is, or rather I should say, I believe your purpose needs to be far greater than, I just need to share this to get this off my heart. In other words, I don't know that it serves any purpose if we just share a traumatic event and we don't have some takeaway from it, something that people can say, okay, this is how I can avoid this, or this is inspiration or motivation. When we share our most painful experiences, they need to have purpose, I believe. And otherwise, if we're just seeking, I guess, empathy or sympathy, I don't know that that serves people. And that's not to say that you can't share it later. I believe, and this is just my personal opinion, that you need to be at a place where you understand how it can serve others and what they can do with that information. Next, I think you have to be able to assess the risk 
because there's always risk when we're sharing a piece of our story, the risk that, yeah, some people may judge you. Some people may find it too painful, too much information. They may think differently of you. Are you okay with that, taking that risk? Are you okay with risking the fact that you may have potential fallout with people who are involved in the story? Like, It may have an impact on your children or family members or friends or people who are an intimate part of the story. Are you okay with that risk? Have you weighed those very realistic possibilities against the, I guess, benefit or the purpose of sharing your story? Have you had discussions with the people who this story is going to impact? In other words, if your story involves a family member or a friend or your story is going to have an impact maybe on your children because they have never heard this before, have you thought about having those conversations and having open communication before you embark on this journey of sharing your story? And I'm not suggesting you have to have approval from people. That's up to you, right? And I'm going to share my own experience with this in just a moment where I, I really needed approval from the person who was involved in my story, and that was important to me but I needed to discuss it with this person. And so have you discussed sharing the story with the people who it would impact? And then lastly, I think you need to ask yourself if by not sharing your story, you're doing more harm than good. Are you perpetuating a cycle of abuse? Are you in some way, is your silence protecting a monster or protecting someone who's could continue to victimize other people? Are you perpetuating your own pain because you're protecting someone who, you know, really created a lot of trauma and pain for you? And maybe they continue to because inside you really want to share the story, but for some reason you want to protect the person who hurt you the most. And, you know, I'm not suggesting that that's something you shouldn't feel. It's very normal, but I also believe that's something you need to work through with a therapist. But you have to ask yourself that question, like, does it make sense that I'm continuing to stay silent? Am I making things worse? Am I robbing myself? Am I continuing to victimize myself by staying silent or by protecting this person? It's deep, dude, it's deep. So a couple of examples I wanted to share with you, and then I'm going to go through the options you have. So you know, first you want to evaluate whether it makes sense for you to tell the story. And then I'm going to share with you, I think, let's see how many, I've got four different ways that you can handle this. But before I do that, I want to mention a couple of different examples that I think you'll be able to take from. The first is LaToya Jackson. So you do remember this? It was back in, gosh, I'm not sure what year, but at least 15 years before all of the horrible things that we learned about Michael Jackson came to light. LaToya Jackson went on a little, basically, tour saying, I just, I can't, I cannot allow what I know is happening to continue to happen. And I know that my family will never speak to me again. And I know that what I'm saying, what I'm coming out to say about what I know my brother is doing, I know that it has legal ramifications and that it's criminal, but I just cannot continue to think that these children are being harmed in this way and everyone's turning a blind eye because of his money. And she gave specifics and she really said, you know, I know what the consequences are. I know that I'm going to be disowned. I know that my family's never going to speak to me. I know that this comes down to loyalty, but I just cannot keep this a secret anymore. 
And everyone at the time said she was crazy. It's because of her lunatic husband who was very controlling. You know, look at all the cosmetic surgery she's done. Clearly, she's got so many problems. And people villainized her. They ostracized her and her family alienated her. And it wasn't until, gosh, I don't know, in the last couple of years that I hope that she feels in some way by telling her truth, she did the right thing because not a lot of people were doing that. And it's hard to do the right thing. But I, I just always say, man, if you're doing the right thing for kids, it's the right thing. And even if the whole world comes down against you, if it's to protect children, it's the right thing to do. Now, to be honest, she later came out and retracted those statements and said that they weren't true, that she said them under duress, that she was pressured to say them, and that she believes her brother to be innocent. I can't speak to why she said those things. I haven't done enough research to, you know, see if she's since addressed that, but I did know she retracted it. And who knows if that was due to financial or legal pressures. All I know is at one point she did tell her truth, and I just think that that was very heroic and brave of her to do that. Now let's talk about the four different options you have when it comes to, you know, once you've made that decision that, yep, okay, I'm ready. It makes sense for me to share my story. You have four different ways you can do it. The first way is to wait. And that is to wait until the person who maybe is involved in your story, that you're trying to protect them or you don't want them to come after you, you fear retaliation, you fear, and I'm not judging it, but you fear hurting the person who hurt you, you can wait. You can wait until you're at a different place in your life. You can wait until they've passed away. You can wait until eternity, but you can wait. Your story is never going away. Your second option is to share your story but to share it as a parable. Authors are notorious for doing this. That's why so many of the characters in a really well-written novel, they just come to life because frankly, they're based on a person's life. You might ask, however, what might that sound like if I'm not an author, if I'm not writing a novel? What would that sound like if I was giving a speech or doing a Facebook Live or an IGTV? If I just wanted to share my story as part of my journey? Well, one way you can do that is to share the story of someone who you love, someone who's very close to you, who once, and then really that person that you're talking about in your parable is you. And you want to change perhaps some of the details so it's not really obvious to your mother or your father, your sister, like whoever's involved. You might say, like, let's say, for example, it was your mother who caused a great deal of pain to you. You could then therefore tell like all of the details without the specifics that make your mother identifiable. In other words, you could say, you know, I want to share the story of someone who I know very well, who I'm very close to, whose father was an alcoholic and who struggled with addiction all of his life. Because you know the emotion. The key here is to remember that the characters that you're describing are very real. And you can share the pain and the descriptive details that allow people to experience what it is this person went through in such a way where it serves the purpose that you're hoping for without the fallout or the risk of retaliation or whatever else it is that you're worried about when you're sharing your story. So a parable is a wonderful way to do that. Oftentimes authors, especially authors who have worked with big corporations or individuals, They'll often tell stories that are in parable form 
for that very reason, because they're protecting the innocent or they're protecting people who don't want to be exposed in that manner. How do you find, how can you trust the marketing that we see on meats, right? Unfortunately, so many companies are now labeling their meat as grass-fed and they're using that term very loosely. You want to look for grass-finished meats. And that's why Brett and I, I've talked about it before, we only shop with ButcherBox. In fact, we have our meats shipped to us monthly. It's something that many of the people on our one-through-one method use. They ship anywhere in the United States. You can curate your box. You can decide what you want in it. And once you try grass-finished beef from animals that have been humanely raised, and they go to great extents, not just to verify the way that the animal was raised and how they ate and that they are free of hormones or anything like that, but this is a company that is devoted to really caring about how the animal was raised and even that it was humanely treated in death. And I know that's a horrible thing to talk about, but frankly, I'm of the mindset that we should be eating more plants and fewer animals. And if we are going to eat animals, we need to care about how they were treated, what they ate, and how that's going to have an impact on our health. So I encourage you to look into ButcherBox. Like we love it. Our son Brock gets it delivered. Ashley Sweeney, who's our program director for the One Through One Method, her family also does ButcherBox. And right now they have an awesome special for anyone who listens to The Shaleen Show. You can go to butcherbox.com forward slash Shaleen, and they've put together a special offer just for my listeners. You guys, once you try it, you'll be like, what was I eating before? Like it's completely different completely different. It comes shipped to your door. It's frozen. They've got incredible customer service. You know, that's also very, very important to me. And I highly recommend you look into it. You won't go back. I promise you that you will not go back to eating conventional meat. It just makes it so much more convenient. Again, butcherbox.com forward slash Shaleen. All right, back to the show. The next option is what I call the partial story. And this is something that I did for many years. Telling a partial story is to tell some of the details, the fallout, some of the things, some of the pieces, but not all of the pieces, not all of the specifics. So let me share with you what this looked like for me. So for many years, I shared on my podcast or in you know public speaking settings that part of our story, Brett and I, was that we ended up almost a half a million dollars in debt, debt that we, we elected not to file for bankruptcy, debt that we elected to pay back. And that was part of the story. And it was an important part of my story because what was my purpose in telling that story was to help people understand like, y'all, I've been there. I've been in the deepest, darkest depths of debt. I know what it feels like to believe that you need to hire help, that you need to do more, but you can't afford to. And the guilt that you feel because You know you have to hire help, but you don't have the money to do it. And how do you do that? And I know what it feels like to not literally not be able to use your credit card without your stomach dropping because you're certain it's going to be declined. You know, so that's why it was important for me to tell that story. It was important for me to tell that story because I wanted people to hear the purpose that you can repair a marriage, even though there's times when things get really hard and really difficult and and you can come back from it and you can start your own thing and you can start from below zero because like half a million dollars in debt is below zero. That means we had to overcome that before we could even say we were earning or being able to save any money. So it was a really important story to tell. But at the time, for many, many years, 
I didn't tell the whole story because part of that story was my husband's story and I I wanted to share it, but he wasn't ready. He wasn't hadn't gone through enough therapy, enough time. He feared how people would judge him. We both kind of worried how it would affect our children. We didn't want it to have a negative impact on, you know, their relationships with their kids, friends, families, etc. Because the truth was Brett was struggling with a gambling addiction. And when I told the story of how we were half a million dollars in debt, I knew that there were unanswered questions. I knew because people want all the information. When we have a story, when we hear something, right? Like it's like Santa. Okay, so we're going to talk about Santa for a moment. And that's your cue to put on earmuffs, moms and dads. Okay? Earmuffs, we're talking about Santa. So like when you were a kid and you knew that Santa left the gifts, there were some things you were like, but wait, we don't have a fireplace or chimney. Hold up here. Hang on a second. How is it that some of these gifts on the back say made in China? I thought it was a North Pole. So when you don't have all the information, even as a child, you fill in the gaps. So you, you reason or the story doesn't quite add up for you and you have distrust of the person who's shared the story with you. And I knew that when I was sharing that story about Brett and I being a half a million dollars in debt, and because I wasn't explaining how we got there, I would say something very general. I would say, as a result of poor decisions. Now, that's not a lot of detail. So a lot of people try to fill in the blank, and they just do. And maybe it affected the way people trusted me because like, when a story doesn't make sense, it doesn't like really add up, you go, huh, is this like a real story? So I always wanted to tell the whole story, but I also weighed the risks that it would have on Brett's trust of me. Because I always said to him, this is your story, not mine. Your story of recovery is yours to tell. And someday when you're ready, you can tell it. And if not, that's okay. I love you. And, you know, I can share pieces of our story in such a way that I'm still honoring what I went through and honoring what purpose I believe that difficult time had in our lives. For me, every difficult thing that we've ever been through, I have to honor God in sharing with people how they can avoid it. And I felt that I could do that even without sharing all of the details. But there came a day where Brett said, I think I'm ready. And before we did that, all right, Brett did what I just mentioned, which is the litmus test of understanding, am I ready to share this conversation? And the first people we had to talk to were our children. At that time, our kids were, I think, I think Brock was a freshman in college and Sierra was in high school, senior in high school. And what we did was sit down to explain to them the pieces of the story that maybe they never had and explain to them so that they could take away the purpose from it. And we felt that they were old enough and mature enough to understand that what we wanted them to take from it was a couple of things. Number one, yeah, marriages go through some pretty awful, deep, dark valleys. And if both people are willing to work on themselves and to admit their faults and to admit their mistakes and to be better and to be transparent, you can grow from it. And how much a part of our marriage, the success that they see is because we got through those really dark stages and we stood by each other and we went to therapy. And, and also we wanted them to know the fallout of secrets and that that was 
a family that was, we were really sick at that time and we didn't realize it. You know, as they say, you are as sick as your secrets. And there were a lot of secrets that we had to uncover. And he had to learn how to live without trying to hide something. And we wanted our kids to learn that, that secrets destroy trust, secrets destroy relationships. And it's never as horrible as you think it is to just come clean and how important honesty is. And so like, you know, had that conversation first with our kids, shared that story with our kids and explained to them that we were planning on sharing that on stage with a live audience at Smart Success. And we're like, are you guys cool with that? And they're like, yeah. I mean, I don't I haven't talked to them a lot about what that conversation felt like or how it may have shaped their views on marriage or secrets or any of those things. But I do know they're both obviously really big fans of therapy. Thank goodness. Anyways, so then he shared his story on stage. And before he did that, he really was very careful to make sure he was ready, that he had done enough therapy, that the motivation behind sharing his story was that he believed that there are people in the audience who are also struggling with addiction or secrets or painful things from their past that are causing them to engage in really negative, addictive behaviors and how anything is possible with prayer, with Christ, with a great therapist. And by just making a decision to be someone other than who you were. So there was great purpose behind him sharing a story and it was difficult and it was meaningful and it was powerful and he did that from the stage. And then I was able to, when I did share that story about being half a million dollars in debt, I would be able to give that like little bit of information that maybe someone in the audience always said, huh, I wonder why, like what in the world, how do you end up that far in debt and why isn't she giving those details? So those are two examples sharing a partial story. I shared a partial story. Brett, when he shared his story, did your fourth and final option, which is to share the whole story. Now, I want to elaborate on what it means to share the whole story. The whole story in this, again, is like, dude, this is just my opinion, is that if you're going to share the whole story, it's really important that you don't just make yourself a victim, but you really give context to what happened and why. And so Brett didn't just say, you know, listen, I got addicted to gambling because I love money or I'm competitive. He explained why he was trying to escape or what pain it was he was trying to escape, as opposed to just saying, well, I did this. Abusers and people who cause pain to others are, I don't personally believe anyone is born evil. There are probably exceptions, but I think most people who hurt others are doing so because they were hurt. And I just think that's the whole story, you know, but maybe you don't know the whole story. Like maybe you don't know why you have an uncle who was abusive, or, and maybe you don't know why your parents didn't protect you the way that you would protect your own children. But I do think it's important. I just think it's important when you're going to tell the whole story especially if you're worried about how it's going to impact the players who are involved. Like, let's say you're like, I want to tell the story about how it was, I don't know, maybe sexually abused as a child, but I don't want my parents to ever feel like I blame them because they could have never known this was going to happen at, you know, summer camp. Then to tell the whole story is to honor them in that story and to say they did their best. And they too believed that I was safe. 
or they were dealing with their own issues, or they were in the middle of a divorce and they were in their own pain. In other words, it's to share like a 360, is it 360 or 365, whatever, a view from 30,000 feet, like what was really going on with all the players. And you don't have to do that, but I do think it's going to make it easier for you because you're also expressing a little bit of forgiveness or at least understanding, if not forgiveness. I hope that you'll find forgiveness in your heart because that's a gift that you owe to yourself. But to share that in your story is also to say, listen, I'm not placing blame. I'm saying you probably were doing the best you could at that time. And if you don't believe that to be true, then don't say it. If you actually think that this person was a horrible, rotten, human, disgusting waste of a a life, well, then, you know, I mean, that's some bitterness that maybe you need to get off your chest. My point is, you've got a million different ways to do this. There is no rush. And it's your story. It is your story to tell. And I believe wholeheartedly that your life has purpose. It doesn't necessarily mean purpose on a grand scale where you have to share your story with thousands or millions of people. It might just mean that you are meant to touch the life of one other person in a profound way that the painful things from your past were meant because you could handle it, because you could get through it, because you could make sense of it. And at some point in your life, God's going to put another person in front of you who you realize, whoa, I can help this person. Everything I went through now makes sense. You know, when we talk about purpose, sometimes we think about ginormous grand things or that we just have one purpose for our life. And it's just not true. I mean, I've been through a lot of you know, really difficult, challenging things. And each one of those things serves a purpose. I don't have one purpose. I have purposes I haven't even experienced yet, which is scary to think, but it's true. And so do you. But on your terms, when the timing is right for you, when you feel that little tap on your shoulder that says, you know what? This is bigger than you. This is meant to help others. That's when it's time to sort through it. But don't do it quickly. Take your time. Think through these questions and you'll know when the time is right. And I can tell you from firsthand experience, having worked with you know thousands of speakers, there is nothing more, oh gosh, freeing, yeah, freeing than understanding your pain has purpose and can help others. Thank you so much for listening to this edition of The Shalene Show. I love you. I mean it. And I'll talk to you soon. Well, I hope you enjoyed this episode as much as I enjoyed creating it for you. I wanted to mention a tool that I think you're going to find incredibly useful, especially if you struggle sometimes to know what your purpose is. What is your thing? Like, what are you called to do? Why are you here? What makes you great? What makes you unique? You know what? I think you're too close to yourself to actually even see it. I think if we asked a lot of your friends and family members, they would know but I want you to know it. I want you to declare it. I want you to see it. So I've developed this really simple questionnaire. You just download it. It's kind of like a quiz, but you're going to know all the answers to this quiz because it's a quiz about you. And when you complete it right there in your own handwriting, it's going to be perfectly clear to you what your thing is. So do me a favor. No, do you a favor and download this questionnaire. You can get it for free by going to shaleen.com forward slash my thing. And then answer the questions and I want to hear from you. Send me an Instagram message and let me know, like, what is your thing? I'm really excited to hear 
and I know you will be too. It can be life-changing and clarity-providing to know what your thing is. The same answers are going to come up over and over again when you fill out this questionnaire. It's going to be so obvious to you, and it's going to give you that boost in confidence that maybe you've been missing. All right, again, shaleen.com forward slash my thing, and I am really excited for you to do this.